On this show, we will discuss elements of the story, which may also include some spoilers. So this is your official spoiler alert. It's okay if you haven't read the book, but if you're looking to avoid having it spoiled, go back, read the book, and then come on back and listen to our conversation. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Not Your Average Book Report, a podcast about children's books, where we believe in never losing the childlike joy of reading. My name is Sam. I'm an avid reader who couldn't tell you one thing about James Joyce or Virginia Woolf because they didn't write about pirates or wizards. And I'm joined by... Oh, wait. No, you're not. I am not joined by Sarah. Half your listeners just turned it off. (laughs) Way more than half. Let's be honest here. I'm joined by my brother, Nat, Sarah's husband. Nat is a... uh, Football coach, high school English teacher. What grade do you Correct. teach? Freshman and juniors. What books in uh, are y'all? Do you go through freshman there? year? You do. We do To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. Romeo and Juliet. Um, and that's kind of that's it for the big ones. But. Who is your favorite character in Romeo and Juliet? Favorite character is Mercutio. Yeah, Mercutio. I mean, that's that's. Fun. I think that's everybody's favorite. I also like Peter because it's kind of all his fault because he can't read. Who's Peter? It's th- he's yeah. See, that's just it. This is this is Peter. intricacies. <laughs> Peter is the guy who is supposed to deliver the uh, what are they called? The invitations to the party. Okay, that's how Romeo and his friends get into the party at the beginning, where he meets oh. Juliet because he's asking them who do how, who do I invite because I can't read these invitations. Wow. So he's a sneaky fun character it to say is stuck. your favorite. Okay. Yeah. So because if he could just read, they yeah. wouldn't have ever made it to the party, and then they wouldn't have met. They wouldn't have fallen in love. They Correct. wouldn't have died. I mean, there's a lot of other things that could have stopped that, but right. Peter could have stopped it like too. Like sound decision-making, a conversation with a young kid about how you just met her. Or just five seconds of critical her. thinking. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Nat, today we are doing Redwall, and we wanted to have you on the show because... Because they are amazing books that I yes. love dearly, and I... Sarah did not. Oh, <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. Makes me sad. But yeah. It's different books for different people. Not everybody likes the same ones. You were the reason I read these books as a kid. Because I, I mean, it's a whole series written by Brian Jakes, which I learned last week that it's pronounced Jakes. I'm glad you looked it up. Redwall by Brian Jakes, published in 1986, part of a bigger series featuring 22 books. It's a big series. How many did you read? I probably read. 15 or so. Did you read Tagarung and Triss? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like around, probably until like 2003, 2004 is yeah. probably where I, I got think like the the Tagarung came out in 2002. That might have been my last, that might have been my last one. Okay, that was and 14. Then, yeah. Because okay. I did Marl Fox, which was 13, and I never went to the Tagarung. Okay. But this specific book, Redwall, was the first one in the series. It was nominated for the Carnegie Medal, which I found out is the British counterpart to the American Newberry Medal. Oh, so that's a but big it, win. It did not win. No. It was nominated. Sorry, okay. but Well, nobody remembers the other book. So. Yeah. I, it wasn't even listed. See? Did you know that Brian Jakes was born in Liverpool, and when he was 15, he dropped out of school to become a sailor? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's right yeah. up your pirate alley. Yeah. Like, this is, well, he, this is your dream. He has a whole yeah. other series of books about something about the flying dutchman i think like he's written a lot oh, about yeah. sailors and there's oh, always there's yeah. a lot of pirates and sailing yeah. in it's these the only books. other thing that shows up with like other works by him yeah. yeah he also held jobs as a boxer a truck driver dock worker policeman and stand-up comic oh i'm Bet a fan of all of these i'm a fan here. of all of these things. he also joined a folk music group called the liverpool fishermen with his brothers and some friends so basically what that means is we've got to start a band yep 
at some point. He's done everything. <laughs> he like done. I think there's I think he's done every job there is. Yes. He wrote Redwall after reading to students the Royal School for the Blind when he was a truck driver. He didn't like the books he read to them because they were too full of teenage angst. <laughs> <laughs> He wanted to write classic tales of good versus evil and chivalry, and he incorporated vivid descriptions so that his blind audiences mm. could use their imaginations, which that's my memory of yeah. Redwall. If you mention Redwall to me, I'm going to go Strawberry Cordial and the way he described feasts. Yeah. Because he would spend like two pages describing. There's a lot of description, yeah. right? And that's what's, uh, I knew that part about Redwall that he wrote it for after, maybe not after reading to, mm-hmm. to, at the school, but that it was kind of specifically designed for that. Yeah. And so knowing that, it makes a lot of the descriptions that he has uh, make a little more sense. I didn't know about the teenage angst thing. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that explains the mice instead yeah. of humans. Well, he said... Mice are my heroes because, like children, mice are little and have to learn to be courageous and use their wits. Okay. So that makes sense for a lot of the characters. Yes, for sure. Because in his writing, he reflected a lot on his experiences being a kid during World War II and how frightening that was. Okay. Oh, okay. And so I wonder, like, he he picked the mice because they're young and they feel like they can't do much. Yeah. Here you go. My last fun fact. Did you know that last February, Netflix announced their bought the rights to the entire Redwall series and they're producing a film series. Oh boy. Yeah. Like there's part of me that's on board with that. Then there's mm. part of me that's like, I don't know if I need to watch it. Yeah. Like, like how violent does that get? <laughs> yeah. Like in the animated version? Cause it, to me, that's the, that's what you got to figure out. Right. It's, it's great while you read it, but uh, I don't know if I want to see my stabbing each other. That was, but. When I got to but the I'll end, it. the last battle here, I was like, this is incredibly oh, it's violent. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it goes all out. Then they uh, pour the boiling water down the hole, and then they fill it with yeah. rocks, and they call it a mass grave. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, this is appropriate. We've got a gravestone already. We'll right. just leave it. Yeah. Like, these guys are ruthless. And like said, the last part's got a little, like, Avengers feel to it, where they're fighting over here, they're fighting yeah. over here, they're fighting over here. It's like got it's, that Star Wars five yeah. battles in one places type right. feel. Like, I mean, it's 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 violent. So you've mentioned that you read the books before, but I did. What were these books for you growing up? So I think the first I can't remember the exact like grade I was in when I first read these. And I re- remember like I can still remember now, like when I went back and read the first page here, I remembered what it felt like reading that hmm. book the first time. Like the, the his sandals like flopping. Like I remember like the details. And so, like, it, these were big books for me. And Redwall specifically was a big book in that it kind of moved me from, I don't know, just, like, ch- like strictly, I know that it is a children's book, right. but it moved me to, like, I don't know, like, bigger books is the word, because mm-hmm. it's a big book. But, like, yeah, a big it book. just felt like I was reading, some, it felt like I was reading something different. Yeah. Um, whereas before, I just read whatever, read it, finish it, I'm done cool right these books like were the first books i think that like stuck with me afterwards and there's several books like that you know from my life but like that's these are the ones that as a child like i can vividly remember what that felt like vividly remember reading and like having a book stick with me for a long time afterwards how old were you when you read it i feel like it was third or fourth grade so probably for the like, first one what 10 so, 11 somewhere around there does yeah. that feel like the age appropriate mm. for this book about? that's where i mean i think that's where you can start to like you get different things when you're older but like as a child like i remember getting it like yeah at that age and yeah. realizing there's something different about it but understanding what's going on what do you think so, made you respond to it as much as you did what was it about it i think that 
for one, I mean, I think that it's a bigger book was the first thing yeah, that stood out sure. to me as it's a kid. Like it's, yeah, itself. like I felt, I got to the end and felt like, wow, I did that. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it also like, it had stuff that interests me, like as mm-hmm. a young reader and like as a boy, like there's fighting, there's adventure, yeah. there's all of these things that I didn't really know were in books before that. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like books were designed for other people. But this was a book that seemed designed almost for me, like yeah. that I'm the audience for it. And I didn't know books could do that. And that's mm. one of the things that when you, re- when you read books like that, that like make you think, oh, this is for me. This is like one of the first examples of that. That's an experience a lot of people, a lot of writers talk about as they wanted to write books yeah. for specific people. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that's so important? Uh, with this book or in general? I, like, as an educator, there's books yeah. that you think everybody should read, right? right? Like mm-hmm. To Kill a Mockingbird, right. mm-hmm. stuff like Red that. Red Wall's not for everybody, hence right. like Sarah. Like, didn't love it. Like, that's fine, <laughs> Yeah. right? But you have to keep, you know, and for everybody, and that, I think it's tricky because for everybody, those are different. Yeah. Like, we can't predict this is for you. Like, I hope, yeah. you know, I hope Davis grows up and reads these and loves them. I can't mm. guarantee that. But that's why just keeping a variety of books in front of young readers is so important. Right. Because you don't know which one mm. it's going to be that's going to stick. You know, because like you right. all have done a lot of different, You've and that's what I've liked about your all's podcast so far is you've well, done you. different books. Yeah. They haven't all been the exact same genre. They have been, you've had male authors, female authors, mm-hmm. adventures, you've had other, I mean, so... That's what you, that's really what you have to do, I think. Yeah. It's like having a wide open palette mm-hmm. in front of kids because right. like when you were 10, you didn't know correct that you liked this stuff at all. But this book called out something that was already there. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Mhm. And that I didn't know was in books. And that's one of the coolest experiences you can have mm-hmm. <laughs> as yeah. a kid is when that yeah. it feels like a door opening. Right. And then as you get older, you remember other books like that. Yeah. And you, you're kind of always chasing that feeling yeah, for sure. in a book. You know, some books are going to be like, okay, this is my comfort zone. Yeah. But then some books, it's something new. It's something different. And that's exciting. It's an invitation yeah. into something deeper. Mm-hmm. Right. And you remember those experiences. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's what sticks out is that I remember the experience of reading this book. I was like you. I don't know if I had as profound of an experience of like this book was written for me. I read these books because my older brother liked them and told me to read them. And that was my introduction. And I think I started with Martin the Warrior. Okay. You went back to the start. Because you told me their chronological order Mm -hmm. starts with this one. So I read Martin the Warrior, Moss Flower, Legend of Luke. And Mm -hmm. I can still remember that order. Moss Flower, the second in this series, is one of the first books that I, I... you, in a book, you reach like a critical mass point where, at least for me, I can't stop. Like, I have to mm-hmm. finish it. And I remember sitting on our trampoline at the old house out there and finishing Moss Flower. And I probably read like 120 pages. Yeah. Because it just reached this point where I was like, I have to know what happens. It's so good. Um, and these were the first books that I remember being like that. Mm-hmm. Got to finish. Yeah. Yep. And there were a couple like that. Moss Flower was like that. The Legend of Luke was like that. And the Legend of Luke, I got to the end and my little Enneagram four self <laughs> feeling <laughs> some type so, of forlorn sadness, yeah. you know? Yeah. And there's a couple books in this series uh, like the that. The End of Martin the Warriors like that. The End of Martin like, the Warrior. That one stuck with me. I still remember that. For some like, reason, yeah. The Long Patrol stuck with me. That was good. I don't remember I like that why. One. I feel like if I read it again, I'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, it was that. But th- that one had this massive battle. Yeah. And they build this memorial stone. And the scene where he describes them at that stone for the people who died in the battle, it's just... I don't know why it's just stuck with me. 
even <laughs> even now, like I still think about that. Some, like yeah. that when I thought about Brian Jake and Red Bull, I was like, oh, the Long Patrol, because the rabbits were always my favorite. They were the they, coolest. They're, the best. Characters. they're, they're, they're the, good characters. They're the best yeah. fighters. They're like yeah. the Navy SEALs of the Red Wall world. Hey guys, Sam here with a few announcements. First, I want to give a shout out to all of our listeners in Taylor, Texas. It's right outside of Austin. I know there is fantastic barbecue brisket down there. I think about it sometimes. Okay, it's not true. I think about it a lot of the time amazing food down there but also amazing people down in taylor texas so big shout out to you all you are so good to us also want to give a shout out to spencer spencer you know who you are you are so good to us on this show we are so thankful for you we know you're a big red wall fan you deserve to be given the biggest of shout outs on this show and next time we do something in the red wall series you're gonna have to come on and talk about it so just prepare yourself now spencer you are the best if you have not given us a review yet on Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate it. We love to hear from you. We love to hear what you're loving about the show. I'd be okay if you said things you didn't like about the show. If you still gave us five stars, that's okay. No, in all seriousness, hop on there, give us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Also, be sure to give us a follow on Instagram at NYA Book Report. No spaces, no caps. You can find a lot of fun things from us on there and also posts about new shows as they come out. And you can now send us an email if you have any thoughts, comments, books you want read. You can send us an email at nyabookreport at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. And now back to the show. So let's jump into the story here. Right, let's go Red, Red Wall. Wall, and this is the book Red Wall in the series Red Wall. Um, it is about a young mouse, Matthias, who is a monk in training at Redwall Abbey, who harbors a desire to be a great hero like Martin the Warrior, who's the Abbey's ancient champion. But when the Abbey is attacked by evil rats led by Clooney the Scourge, <laughs> he decides to find Martin's long lost sword and save the Abbey. Along the way, he solves riddles, befriends sparrows, and fights their king. <laughs> Meets the gypsy shrews led by Long Amazing. Uh, he befriends a cat and an owl and fights a giant snake. All that just in this book. It's it means a, a lot of things. A lot of it's a yeah. big book. Yes, it's um, sweeping. Yeah, it's sweeping. It. I mean, it's a huge narrative. What are things for you that going back through it a second time? Like, when was the last time you read this book? I hadn't read it since I first read it. So, what mm-hmm. was the experience like for you? So, it was. It was kind of like I'm trying to think. Like it didn't. It didn't really surprise me. Yeah. I think. Like it felt. It felt kind of. I don't know about like going home, but it felt familiar. Mm. Um, and I think that's probably also from having then read a lot of the other books. Is you see yeah. a lot of similar kind of themes, similar kind of storylines. Yeah. Right. Like you can tell that this is like the base Redwall book, and like so. Going back to it, it was like, well, this of course this is going to happen, but it was also kind of reacquainting with the characters and the different types of characters. I mm-hmm. think was was cool to see, right? Like knowing like the mice are like this, this character's right. like this. You know, the rabbit's going to be like this. You right. Know, and well, seeing that, it's so. one of those things where in this world, like whatever you are, you are. Yes. Like, mice are good. Rats mm-hmm. are bad. There's not really complexity. To Correct. That. Which can be a criticism, but yeah. it's also a positive in that. As a young reader, you can understand that. Yeah, it's easy yeah. for kids. And it's that's accessible. What his, his defense like of that was it's mm-hmm. easy for kids. They don't have to Correct. 
try to figure out who's good and who's bad. Right. And he there's said a time that, and a place for that. Right. He called his goodies, his good, my goodies are goodies and mm-hmm. my baddies are baddies. Yeah. I mean, it's about good versus evil. The main Correct. theme here is good versus Whole evil, thing. but in a way that is accessible yes. for a 10-year-old, mm-hmm. which I get why he made the characters like, these mice are good, the rats are bad, because it's, and the fact that they're animals mm-hmm. makes it so much more accessible. Yes. And if they're people. Right. Like, because then those, they get, that gets blurred real fast. So do you see this as a book that would help you have conversations with kids about good and evil? Yeah. A hundred. I think it's a really good example of that. Of being able to say like, what is it? I mean, besides, like if I, you know, picturing, if I'm picturing talking like Davis or Harper when they're older right, and saying, Hey, obviously this character is good. You know, they're not just going to say they're good because they're a mouse. They're going right. to talk about what they do. Mm. And like, that's what you can, that's what's accessible about it too. Right. It's like, you can sit there and say, you know, this character's good. This character, you know, Clooney's bad. Right. Okay. Clearly, what does he do? Like his, right. his actions match that. And I think a, that's, I think this gives words, this gives explanations to a younger reader to explain that and to talk about that instead of just going good, bad. Right. You can follow up on that. Say, what is it about this character that's right. bad? What is it that he does? Um, you know, what it, you can even get like, what's their motivation behind the whole thing? Like, right. and that's where you can get to some, you can really start to piece some things together, you know, and good and evil is, is tough to explain. Yeah, for you sure. Know? And it's tough to get, get that from, for such a universal classic theme, this really lets you explain it and lets you see it in a way that is like accessible is the word right. for that. Like the reality is, is like we live in a world where they're, bad things are going to happen. Like there are sadly people like Clooney the Scourge out there. He's not, I mean, he's an evil rat, but his selfishness, how much he wants to just take things over. Mm -hmm. Like there's people actually like that out in the world. Right. And the reality is they end up in the news. Mm -hmm. Do you think a book like this could help even talking to kids about that of like, Hey, like remember in Redwall, there's people in the world who are bad. Would it be easier to say like, Hey, because we've read Redwall, mm -hmm. we can have a conversation of, with a kid who can understand, about, right? Hey, this is happening in our world too. Mm-hmm. We might not understand why they're doing bad, right? But they're doing bad, like, right? And that's what their actions are, right? And there, there, there's people who are like that. Like I said, it might not be to the same degree, yeah. And that's a convert. That's what you can say. But there's people in the real world who are bad, who want to do evil, who want to. He said he just he wants to take over so he can have a castle and they can have the plunder. Right. Right. And he wants to enslave yeah. and he wants to, the Red Bull people. Yeah. And, and then like there's people who want that I mean, he wants power. Right. Right. And I think that's what you can talk about is that a lot of times that's what it boils down to. Right. Is there's people in the world who want power. Yeah. You know, and some are gonna use that for good, some are gonna use that for bad. A conversation I love is when Matthias brings back the sword, mm-hmm. he finally Julie gets and the it. cat looks at him and says Matthias, let me give you some good advice. I am much older than you, and I've seen far more of life. There are not many illusions left to me, and I do not want to shatter your dreams or blight your ambitions, my friend, but I must say what I have to. We squires of Gingavir are an ancient line. In the past, I have seen many such tokens as his weapon. My grandsires owned a vast armory full of magnificent and valued battle equipment. No doubt your sword is indeed a beautiful thing. It is a tribute to whoever forged it in bygone ages. There are very few such swords." But remember, it is only a sword, Matthias. It contains no secret spell, nor holds within its blade any magical power. The sword is made for only one purpose, to kill. 
it will only be as good or evil as the one who wields it. I know that you intend to use it only for good of your abbey. Matthias, do so, but never allow yourself to be tempted into using it in a careless or idle way. It would inevitably cost you your life and that of your dear ones. I think that's just a good illustration. That's like the most yeah. he delves into it. Otherwise, it's pretty cut and dry. And that's the thing I think that you'd want to take away. Like that's the like that's the theme. Like, yeah, there it is. Like right. I mean, there it is. And and it and it and I like this because it spells it out for you. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't leave like a ambiguous. Hey, what do you do with this? Right. Like it's hey, here's the sword. You've wanted the sword the whole time. Right. And you might might have thought that it was the magic. Like it right. was the power. But at the end of the day, it's it's you. good. Like, it's you being good. It's yeah. you not choosing to be evil with it's it. It's your choices you make. Yeah. Like and he says in the next bit, knowledge is gained through wisdom, my friend. Use the sword wisely. Mm. Like, how many people do we, like, that's what I want to be able to tell my kids. Right. Like, that's what I want to be able to tell them. They say, knowledge is through wisdom. Like, it's not, you know, it's not through other things. Like, right. it takes time. Like, it's, you know, and you have searched this whole time thinking, and how many things in our lives are like that? Like, mm. we've chased them thinking, this is going to do it. This is going to be the fulfilling thing. Right. But at the end of the day, it's who we are. And do we, are we treating others well? Are we being right. good? Or are we being, you know, selfish and right. evil in a way? Which I think that's one place that this book was one of the weaknesses reading it now. And I don't think this really matters to a kid. Um, I'm arguing more from the stance of, I think the greatest books are ones that kids and adults can enjoy. And I still Mm -hmm. enjoyed this. I think if I hadn't read it as a kid, I wouldn't have enjoyed it. That's fair. The nostalgia, Mm -hmm. I think, is very important. Big factor. Um, And it's why I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think one of my things that I thought was weak was Matthias's journey isn't super formational. Okay. He overcomes some obstacles for sure, but Mm -hmm. it's not it's not necessarily him overcoming weaknesses. It's not necessarily him confronting who he really is. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is this beautiful idea that Martin the warrior is in him, Mm -hmm. but he has that from the beginning. Right. It's just a journey. He just goes on a big journey. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. We don't, but which is fun. There's not much of a character arc to him as much. No, he is who he is. There's a little bit of a conversation about like the peaceful Abbey versus Mm -hmm. the warrior, but that's, that is not relevant to Matthias. Like it's no. clear. It's like you're a warrior. He is this. He right. is a warrior. Right. Like it, there's. I so am that, was, that is that was one of the things that I struggled with second yeah. time through. It's like okay. character arcs are what drive stories. It's mm-hmm. you want to see them confront themselves and dig and f- learn something about themselves. And Matthias yep. isn't really learning anything as much mm-hmm. as he's. It's a little bit of a coming of age. Yeah. Does that make sense? A little bit. Yeah. But yeah. it's more of a here's a big fun adventure story. Yeah. For sure, maybe, you know, and that's what you can maybe use to talk about that. But like that's right. it is a, it's an adventure story. At the end of the like day, it's it a journey. A like it's fun a journey adventure story. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's he writing through. it in the sense of like he's like, what's the craziest thing I can do next? Right. I'm going to put him in the mouth of a cat. Yeah, and then that chapter ends, and we go somewhere else, and and it's multiple adventures. Like it's, yeah, it's not just one. Th- I mean, there's a big thing he's trying to do, but like there's a lot of steps along the way. I think the part that resonated the most with me was his descriptions of the countryside. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting because he grew up in the city and was like a dock worker, spent time at sea, but he describes the countryside in such vivid details and it's spring here in Tennessee, like summer is coming and I'm, mm. I'm in that part of the year where I just want the summer. I want to be swimming in a lake. I want to see everything in bloom, <laughs> sunshine, things growing. And I love that he, uh, takes time to vividly describe these. And I think that's why he gets compared to Lord of the Rings a lot. Yeah. Um, he doesn't like that. <laughs> I don't think he liked Lord of the Rings because he doesn't like magic, but it's because 
Tolkien would spend three and a half pages describing this Doing for the us. same thing. Yeah. yeah. So one of my favorite parts of the book, when it comes to like appreciating the beauty of nature, it says, uh, this is the beginning of chapter 20, I think in book two, because it's broken up into three books. Mm-hmm. The new day dawned in a haze of soft sunlight. It crept across the countryside suddenly to expand and burst forth over all the peaceful woods and meadowland. Blue gold tinged with pink, each dewdrop turned into a scintillating jewel spider's webs becoming glittering filigree. Birdsong rang out as if there had never been a day as fresh and beautiful as this one. The extravaganza of nature's glory was completely lost upon Clooney's scourge. <laughs> I just love that there's this paragraph vividly describing how beautiful the country is there, and then it just says Clooney didn't notice any of it. Yeah, which I think, like, reading that as a kid, I probably was like, whatever, like, let's go back to, let, let's get to the fighting. But, mm. but... Now reading it like that does stand out more. And I think Whereas, I was a little different. Yeah. I think I liked the, uh, I liked the vivid descriptions yeah. of the beautiful country because I'm like, because I was like, yeah, I that's where I'm from. Looks like at sunrise when it's yeah. pretty and um, right. Where I'm thinking, let's get plot going, and he does. He gets back to the plot, but he he's a good mixture of both for right. sure. So we talked a little bit about the journey here because this is a, it's a pretty classic hero's journey mm-hmm. it checks every box yeah in that everybody gets their conclusion mm-hmm. you know um matthias has been on his long journey he's he's gone on multiple adventures yeah he's even you know the the war keeps raging the war is a big part of it it rages on for a long time mm-hmm. it looks like they're gonna win then they like it goes back and forth some like yeah. it looks like there should be an end but then Clooney keeps coming up with more plans, yeah. you know, like, and of course, you know, the bad, like it gets close to where you get the moments of, it looks like the bad guys are going to win. Mm-hmm. Like, and you get that and you're sitting there reading it like, this is not looking good. Um, and then, but you still get around, back around to, but now that he's gone on this journey, he gets yeah. this big final battle and he wins. But as far as that full ending's concerned, one of the things that, you know, we talked about it being accessible. Not every good guy lives. Yeah. You know, and that's something that before in books, I don't think I really remember. Like, I think it was yeah. always, hey, all the good guys magically stayed alive. Yeah. Here, a couple of them don't make it. Yeah. You know, and there's a couple along the way who don't make it. You know, yeah. like we haven't talked about you know, Methuselah is one of the best characters in the thing, mm-hmm. you know, and he's so wise and here he is getting killed in like a senseless act. Yeah. You know, we have things like that going on. You know, and then you have your kind of, you know, at the end, you know, where another main character, like we, we lose multiple along yeah. the way. Why is that important? I think that's a step along the way to the real world. Yeah. That not every story ends happy, you know, and, and that's mm-hmm. what, as an adult, my favorite books are like that. Like they have a darkness to them right. that as a kid, you're not ready for. But I think this right. is a step along the way of getting ready for that, that right. there is... Here it's not complete darkness. Like they right. win, yeah, right? and most of them live. You know, whereas the older you get, the more complex you it gets. You see that, you know, sometimes you might sort of win, and the bad guy lives. Yeah, you know, bad and, guy gets away with right, it. Right, the bad guy gets away, right, and you, you're just kind of left confused. Yeah, you know, and that's what you know. A lot, a lot of the books that I've that I like as an adult are like that. You know, right. they kind of leave you with that unsettling feeling. I don't don't want that as a kid reading a book. Right. But as an adult, I can, I've seen more of the world. I understand that's how it actually works. But even for like kids who are being, who don't really get to choose when they get exposed to Mm -hmm. that 
part of the world. I'm glad there's books like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I probably read it around the time 9-11 happened. I don't mm-hmm. vividly remember much about that time, but I didn't really get a choice at 10 years old how much of the evil of the world I got exposed to. Right. And I'm glad there's stories like this. Okay, the world is terrifying, mm-hmm. but there's still good and evil. Correct. And the epilogue at the end was probably my, one of my favorite parts of the book. Because it's just yep. all these people living together very in harmony. Pe- it's, it's very peaceful. And it's all these There's characters fishing. you've gotten to, like, yeah, they're going yeah. to fish. It even talks about Ambrose Spike, who is one of my favorite characters. Oh, he was incredible. Testing We could quality. do a whole podcast on <laughs> him. Could. Somebody Spike needs to cat. test the wine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll do it. It's the, uh, it's the October Nut Brown <laughs> Ale. He just always <laughs> is asking about it. I'll be the official tester. It's right. okay, guys. Exactly. I'll take one. And it's earned that you see every character at peace. Yeah. Um, and I just love... One, I just love a well-done epilogue because it tells us where these characters are, but this is just a scene of them gathering for a feast mm. uh, a year after, and you see where these characters are. And I love that the side of goodness is the side of right. people who want to live together in harmony, living in congruence with yeah. the land and growing things and taking those things and it's making peaceful feast. Yeah, something yeah. about it. Just it just really... seems like a, like a nice, peaceful yeah place where you'd want to be a part of and i think that's what when he died i was i was sad mm-hmm. he died in 2011 and i remember being legitimately sad because i was thankful that somebody cared enough to write a story for young kids that said this is what goodness is mm-hmm. this is what peace looks like this is what peace loving right. people will do and being a warrior isn't necessarily about having a bunch of guns you know yeah he would talk all the time about his his warriors his heroes weren't arnold schwarzenegger yeah with a bunch of guns, you know, it mm-hmm. was mice who were courageous and stood up to bullies. Mm. And I'm just thankful that a writer was willing to do that. And also just to describe the beauty we see all around us in the world yeah. of nature, of sunrises, of October nut brown ale. Of food. Yeah. yeah. Lots of food. Talk. Absolutely. Mm. What about for you? What was your favorite part of reading it now as a, what, 32, 33? How old are you? 32, almost yeah. 33. So getting close. Yeah. Um, the most fun, I think, for me was just the just seeing the different types of characters again, I think. Yeah. And seeing them and doing the different things and having different little adventures. Like this time reading it, I loved Jess Squirrel. Yeah. Whereas the first time I read it, I was like, oh, she's there. But yeah. she was one of my favorite characters this time because mm. she's just out there taking over the world. She's got a kid on, she's got a kid. She's yeah, got all these Silent things. <laughs> right. She's got Silent Sam running around with his paw in his mouth. Yeah. All right. But she's out here like, eh, we'll just go steal this back. We'll yeah. go fight these guys. I'll climb all the way up to the top. Right. You know, and it's like, you see different little things like that. You know, like you see, um, I would like to log a log. Right? Yeah. Cause they're like, you see these characters, like the shrews I thought were hilarious. We're a democratic society. <laughs> we don't leave with that unless we vote. Right. <laughs> and then like, you see those things and yeah. like little things like that um, were, cause I remembered the base idea of the story, but I didn't remember all the little details, yeah. and all the little characters lots that of go along the way. Characters. Yeah. And so that was, that was fun. Like the sparrows, like that's not my favorite part, but like yeah. kind of seeing how those things all come together Yeah, and trying to figure out like, I mean, our guy, our warrior guy missed a lot of the war. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that, that was my other thought reading it this time. I was like, he missed almost all of it. Yeah. Now, he showed up when it mattered. Yeah. But, um, he saved the day at the end. He saved the day at the end, but he, he missed of, a lot. He kind of pulled a Gandalf. Like, yeah. Like he did. He's like, all right, I'm going to show up with all these guys at the end. Yeah. But, but well, Nat, thanks so much for joining us. This has been fun. Pinch hitter. Our pinch hitter, yeah. our Redwall expert. Mm-hmm. We're really excited for next week's book. 
We are doing The Giver by Lois Lowry. Did you ever read that one? I have not read The Giver. Oh, man. That's like have a to sin. Read it now. And I'll read it for the next time because all my students have read it in middle school. Oh, so so I'll, I'll read The Giver. Well, thanks, Nat. We'll see you later. <laughs>